Hey girl, hey, welcome to episode number 98 of the show, and oh man, this one gets so raw. I am actually getting live coaching from Elizabeth Hartke, who is incredible. She is the most amazing little human ever. She's gorgeous. She's got a beautiful soul inside and out, and she was gracious enough to provide me a live coaching session on air because I know what it feels like to wonder what does the next phase look like? What does it look like when I get to Steph's level? And then once I get to Elizabeth's level and having her coach me, I think gives you insight into some of the things I struggle with, where I'm at in my business, some of the blocks and fears that I have deep in my heart. And you're even going to hear me literally break down on this episode, which is crazy because I don't cry that often, but you're going to hear it on this show. So enjoy, buckle in, grab that coffee or wine or water, and let's do this. What's up, Mama Boss? Welcome back to the Mompreneur Mastermind Show. I'm Stephanie Gass, success strategist and passive income queen creator. If you're ready to step into your God-led potential, create profit from your passions, and capture the success that is already yours, this podcast was made for you. As always, you can find out more and connect with me over at stephaniegass.com. So grab that cup of coffee or fill up that glass of wine and let's dig in to today's show. So who is Elizabeth Hartke? She is the incredible host of Scaling Up and Scaling Up is a purpose-driven go-getter's watering hole for literally growing their brand, going from six to seven figures. And Elizabeth who is the host of the show, is a personal brand and freedom stylist. So she brings all the tools and tips and things that you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing a personal brand. She literally broke free from her own cubicle life and has generated over seven figures in her business, helping other extraordinary women break free of an ordinary life. Hello. Incredible. She is a new mama. And she has three littles, and she's just exactly goals. Okay, she's where we are all striving to get. And I'm really excited to have her mentor and coach me. And this definitely won't be the last time that I work with Elizabeth. Let's do it. Hey, bosses, I'm so excited. I have a super special treat for you today. I am on with Elizabeth Hartke, and she is going to be helping me with some live coaching on my business. How cool is that? Oh my gosh. So I'm super excited that she's willing to help me today. And we are doing this for all of you because it's interesting for me to hear people where I'm trying to get to, where I'm, as her podcast is called, scaling up towards. So I thought it would be cool for you guys to hear me and her have a conversation about how I can scale up my business. So thank you, Elizabeth, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Steph. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm like pretty pumped to do this scaling up episode, like live, real time. Let's do it. I want to help you scale your business. Boom. I'm excited. (laughs) Well, tell everybody a little bit about you. How did you become this amazing, you know, coach and mentor and your podcast is all about helping people scale to seven figures. Tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. So like so many people, the journey is never linear. And it's never predictable. And there are a lot of moments of like humbling moments of drop to your knees, surrender everything because good Lord, I can't do it myself. And I think a big piece of my story sticks out. When I was 15 years old, I was playing on the varsity basketball team in high school. And I had my first major knee injury, like blew out my whole knee in the last like 20 seconds of the stupid game. And it was so devastating. And I think that was kind of one of those solidifying moments for me because I kept having these knee injuries. I've ACL reconstructions between both of my knees and that kind of became my wet blanket. So fast forward into college, I continued having those injuries and they just kind of resulted in me continually putting on weight and falling back on that excuse of, oh, well, I can't do this because of this. And that was just kind of like a mantra that I absorbed and took on as my own. And it affected so much more than my weight. And it affected so much more than just my health. It affected the way that I, the lens I viewed the world through. And so I'm in college, 
doing the things that society tells me I have to do. And as I enter into college, I have this dream and it's to become the first female sports writer for the Boston Globe. And so that's what I go to college for. I start pursuing journalism. I work for a local newspaper as I'm going through school. And then after school, I'm working as a journalist for another newspaper. And I realize, and it hits me, oh my gosh, this was never my dream. I had watched my father every single day read the Boston Globe cover to cover. And I would hear him say to me as a little girl, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you were you know, uh, writing for the globe and then other little, it wasn't intentional. He wasn't trying to force me into this dream, but I started to take it on as my own. Like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. And that was just kind of step one of starting a life of living it based on what other people think, living it based on the molds that society, parents, friends, family create for us. And pretty soon I was graduating from college in 2009 when the market had crashed. The funny thing is the year I was graduating to hopefully become a writer for the Boston Globe, newspapers were majorly threatened of shutting down because everything was starting to move digital. It was just a mess. And so I said, okay, I'm really good at writing. I just have to switch the skill set and continue on the path that society says is right for me, which is get the corporate job. So I leave journalism in the lurch. I say I have really good strength in writing. I can kind of bring that over into marketing. I was always fascinated with people and how they think and how they operate and why they buy things. So cool. I'm going to go into that route. So that's what I decided to do. I go into corporate marketing and it didn't take long for me to feel like I was literally suffocating. Yeah. Suffocating in a world where nothing was my own. Like they hire me to do a job, but then I do the job and they tell me how I have to change it. Or Mm -hmm. they hired me for some creative stuff, but they don't like how I'm creating it. So I can't really put my stamp on it. And that to me, to someone who grew up around all entrepreneurs, my mother, my father, my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents was like a slow death, like death by a thousand cuts, you know? And I knew I always had this aching in my heart that I wanted to do something of my own but I didn't know how. I would scribble down. I was the worst employee. Unlike you, I was not rapidly climbing a corporate ladder because I was the worst. I would sit in my cube and I would literally pretend like I was working on something and I would be writing down business ideas and business of like the things that I was going to do when I broke out someday, when I finally got on the other (laughs) side. And I remember like bringing business plans to, I have a, a lawyer friend of mine and he would rip them to shreds. He'd be like, you know how much that's going to cost you? Do you know how, what the overhead's going to be? Do you know like how much time that's going to take you? It's never going to work. Yeah. So it was no coincidence that at the same time that I was kind of feeling stuck in this corporate career, I was letting my health go more and more. And mm-hmm. I think that's just evidence that like everything's so intertwined. Mm -hmm. You know, my relationships were subpar at the time and friendships, like they were surface deep. My, I hated my job, my, I was gaining weight and I still fell back on that same wet blanket of, oh, well, I have bad knees. I'm I'm not an athlete anymore. This is just how your body changes when you're not an athlete anymore. So I finally decided one day when I could fit in none of my clothes that I have to do something about my weight. And I would go to this yoga studio once in a while. And there was a brochure for a product that I ended up saying, okay, this checks out. Like I want to do this the healthy way, the long-term way. And that kind of started my weight loss journey. And I finally got back into working out and I realized, wait a minute, I am capable of doing really hard things. And I lost almost 60 pounds. And I said, okay, if I can do this with my body and I can feel good, but I still feel trapped in this job. Like I used to feel trapped in my body. That means I can do it in my career too. And I actually got my start in network marketing too. And it was one of the greatest gifts of my life and I'm still in it, but I've branched off and I now run this other consulting business where I'm helping other business owners outside of network marketing scale. But what network marketing did was it taught me hard work. It taught me how to really pour into people and leadership. And it taught me that I never wanted to work for myself again or for someone else. Again, I wanted to work for myself. Yeah. And once we got it to a place where 
I could leave my corporate job and then my husband left his and then we broke into seven figures in the business. And it was just something that gave me the freedom and the platform to then kind of pour into what you call, Steph, my God-led calling Yes. of saying, how can I use this platform and this foundation and this residual income and pour it into what I know is on my heart, which is to serve business owners and help them scale their online brands Yeah. in a way that gives them the quality of life back, that brings them back to their original dream. Because when we all start a business, we have that dream, like that moment where we're like, oh my God, if I do this, my life's going to look like this someday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to spend all my time with the kids and I'm going to be really fit and I'm going to have my wonderful mornings with the sunrise and the coffee and this and that. And then it all of a sudden, like, it can happen. <laughs> yeah. We have that moment. Yeah. And then we build something that moves us slowly away from that original dream because we didn't plan. We didn't strategize. We didn't scale properly. We didn't build in what you, you know, you've been doing a really great job of building in things that build that passive income. We don't do it like that. We trade dollars for hours and then we might not be in a corporate job, but we're slaved to whatever we built. So I became really passionate about doing that. And in that time of being a network marketer and then starting to build this dream over the last seven plus years, I, we've had three children. We just bought our dream home out here in Wisconsin. My husband's family is from out here. I'm a New Hampshire girl, Boston girl, <laughs> East Coast all the way. But we, we bought this 12-acre farm where we can really um, pour into our family and have that time together as we also build our dreams on the side. So that's the whole story. That's you. Almost I, the whole story. <laughs> I, yeah. I love that so much. And you know what's so funny? We do have so many parallels all the way down to the fact that I also lost 60 pounds, Elizabeth. How weird is that? No way. Yeah. That's crazy. I did. I have a post about that and a podcast episode about that because I think we get trapped in all, all the things in our own bodies and our corporate jobs. And, and so looking at your life now, I always tell my community, wherever you are today, there are people two steps behind you, right? And so you always should feel worthy. Even if you're just starting, there's still someone that hasn't started and they want to be where you are. Well, when I'm looking at Elizabeth, you are steps ahead of me. And so my goal is to scale to a a size and a lifestyle of where you are. And so I've kind of shared with Elizabeth and I'll share with all of you so that you have the background and then I'll tell, tell you guys what, what Elizabeth's going to help me with. So right now in the business, I've been doing this coaching side of this business for about two years, two and a half years where I transitioned out of network marketing. Y'all heard me talk about the the mini life crisis I went through for a year, got myself together, lost the 60 pounds, figured out I had this dream of helping women on female entrepreneurs claim their best life. I have the podcast now. Um, I have a great online community. We just passed around a hundred thousand collectively and I have six courses. It is amazing. And it's, it's just so surreal. And I'm really happy with where I am right now, but I feel like there's, it's time to kind of take maybe some next steps. And so for all of you listening, I'm roughly early six figures and have six courses. I have these courses that probably make up 60, 70% of my revenue. The rest of it is private coaching. That's, you know, hourly clients. I have a couple exclusive clients that I'll meet with like once a month as well. That's the revenue stream. The way I am growing my platform is on my podcast, first and foremost. Secondly is Instagram. And then lastly is Pinterest and my, my website really grow quickly. So that's my business in in a a nutshell. So Elizabeth's going to help me kind of break this down. How can I grow? How can I scale? What needs to be streamlined or fixed? And so that way you guys have the background as well. So yeah, Elizabeth, coach me girl. Like I'm (laughs) open hearted, open ears, ready to learn from you. Awesome. Well, first I want to celebrate you for your transparency and your vulnerability of sharing numbers. I know that's a really hard thing, but you're killing it. So that hopefully makes it a little easier. I feel really good about it. I'm like, I'm really happy with where we are. Yeah. And so before I can coach you in anything, this is like the first step with anyone that I work with, no matter what level they're at, I need to know your heart stuff. Like I need to know what is that original dream? Like, yeah picture the day down to what you can smell in the air, like what you feel brushing across your skin, like what you're wearing, how your day plays out. Like I get goosebumps even to saying this to you because I want it to be so tangible. And 
what does that day look like? And what is the dream of the impact you're making, the mission? Like in a world where nothing could hold you back, yeah. in a vacuum where you create exactly what God put on your heart, what is that thing? Sure. And I love that because I call that a vision statement. And so I do those every single year. And the craziest thing is that almost every year they're achieved, which is crazy. But I haven't done mm -hmm. it like for the ideal, like the ideal angle. So, okay. I think the way that this would be is in that day, I'm still in the home that I'm in, but it's completely paid off. Every single thing in our lives are debt-free. I am making right at seven figures. And the reason that I want to be making seven figures is because I can do infinitely more good on this world. So I don't want stress of finances. I want to be able to buy a new car for my cleaning lady because her car, the hood doesn't work. Like I want to be able to tithe at an extreme level. I want to be able to pour into children that need help and these nonprofits that I, that I want to give to and charity. And I want to be able to do that without blinking. And I know that mm -hmm. seven figures will make that a reality. I want to create amazing, stable jobs for a team of people. And right now I can only help freelancers, you know, a ham, like ham, less than a handful of freelancers in my business. I want to create full-time jobs where I am pouring into other people and they can learn from me and be part of a team that grows with me. And I want to pay them really exceptionally well. I want to like surprise them with a trip to Puerto Vallarta, all inclusive for a week. And that's how we go and team build. So I want that in that kind of picture of my life. Mm -hmm. I just want all of those things financially. And I still want my lifestyle that it is today. And this is where I struggle. Maybe this is my fear is that I want to be able to have all of that without having to travel 24 hours all the time without all of a sudden mommy's really successful. So now she's not here anymore without my husband and I fighting because I'm not present or he feels left behind or any of those things. I still want to like live as if I am today, but scale mm -hmm. that big. And I think that's why I'm so stuck on these courses growing exponentially for me. So that's kind of how I visualize my life. That's the end goal. And the reason, the impact is to touch millions of women with my podcast, with my, um, my, my heart, showing them that they can be successful as mothers, as female entrepreneurs. They can create online businesses that are in their own voice and that they can be successful in any dream that God has planted in their heart. So that's beautiful. And I'm, I feel like privileged to get to, to see that heart. And it's so funny. I had this moment when you were talking where I literally flash back to a conversation I had with my husband a few years ago that I can hardly even say it like without getting teary eyed. I said to him, I don't know where this is coming from because I'm not motivated by money. I did this exercise where I sat down and I wrote out like, just pour out what you want onto that paper. And I yeah. literally wrote the words, I want stupid amounts of money, not so I can change a single thing in my own life, but I can change everyone else's. And uh. you just said it. And it's such a, like people like you are a gift to the world because you don't need more stuff, bigger things. Yeah. But having that ability to do things with the phrase that I said to my husband without batting an eye. Yeah. And so that's beautiful. So I want to challenge you for a second. You started to talk about a fear of yeah. like mommy not being here, not being a present wife. Let's say vacuum again, okay, for a quick okay. sec. None of that's a reality. What are you doing? Are you speaking on stages? Are you doing book tours? Are you like, what are the things that you're a little afraid of like going there because you're afraid of those things you just talked about? Okay. Funny you say book tour. I've, since I was little, my mom would say, what do you want to be when you grow up? An author, an author, an author. My first vision board I ever made was me standing on a platform. I actually pasted my face on someone else. Obviously I'm standing on a stage holding up my best selling book. Okay. That I Love haven't it. written that I don't know what it's going to be about, but there's always been this vision. So it's funny you say book because I'm a million percent going to do that in the next five years of my life. And so, you know, I'm afraid it's the travel piece. And I think that goes back to network marketing. We had had to do these events and I had to go as a leader, sit in the front row and I had to be there for seven full days instead of three days like everyone else. And I felt so much resentment towards that, like being forced to travel when I didn't want to, or when I felt guilty. And the only time that my husband ever has any pushback with me is travel. 
Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're going again. You have this other thing again. And I hate confrontations. I'm like, if I just avoid travel, because I don't care. I don't need, I don't need to travel to be excited and excited in my life. But I know that to impact millions of women, I'm going to have to show up in different places. And I think I am scared of that. What if, Steph, you were at a level where people came to you? Well, yeah, that'd be amazing. (laughs) And what if you were at a level where your husband, maybe that fear or that confrontation between you and your husband when you have to travel, is it coming from a place that he, this guy is grinding it in his corporate job every day working. He wants his wife when he comes home. But if you're jet setting, he doesn't get you on those weekends. If he didn't have that stress of that job and the life where he has to leave his family every day, but he had you guys all the time, and then you traveled as a family to those events, and they're front and center cheering their mother on, is that a different ball game? do you think? Yeah. <laughs> that makes me so emotional because I never thought about that. Because you never let yourself go big enough. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to think outside the box. Don't let those fears and limited thinking stop you from pouring into the world what the Lord literally, it's your birthright, Stephanie. Yeah. So you just have, you haven't dreamt big enough yet. Oh man. Whoa. (laughs) I had never even considered that before, but when I picture that, like that is the right picture, Mm -hmm. right? It's the kids that are with me. It's them like traveling and maybe grandma comes too, and everybody's part of it instead of this, this is me alone, lonely and leaving them behind. Like, I think that's, that's so important for me, that vision that you just created of pulling them with me on that journey and maybe creating that maybe less work for him or part-time or, and he may want to still work, but he could still travel with me. Like, why did I never even consider that as, as an option? Cause we put ceilings on ourselves and we don't even know it. Like yeah. it's this, it's a subconscious thing and you've made it really far. Yeah. So it's like, you're thinking just next step. And I actually think, and I do this with a lot of my clients now that one year goals I find to be limiting. We right. do like three, five, 10, because that one year it's, that's a flash in the pan. You know that you have kids, yeah. you see how quick things change. Right. You've got to go bigger and give yourself that gift to let your mind wander to those crazy places because they're not that crazy. Right. And the cool thing is, so let's talk about the book for a sec because the book's going to happen. All right. Oh gosh. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get off this call and be like, oh, why did I do that? Like, I feel like I have so much work to do. Now I have all these things I have to go create. I'm so excited. (laughs) That book don't fear the book tour. Like, don't fear the the work that will have to go into that book. You get to create what it all looks like. Yeah. You get to say to your, first of all, you don't need a publisher. You can self-publish. Yeah. If you don't want to be bossed around, if you want to be able to say, no, there is no book tour, except here in my town where I live or my major city near me, I show up and I do signings or when we have a family vacation that we go all together, we do a book signing in that city. Like you get to paint that picture. So don't take away the dream because of like, you think the path to get there is set in stone. It's certainly not. You get to dictate what that looks like. I love that. So let's talk a little bit more because you've given us a good idea. You are right into that six figures, Mark. That's awesome. You have courses. You said that's about 60% of your, your revenue right now. And we don't need to do this on the call, but one thing I would recommend is making sure you're really securing your numbers and knowing them. Know what's net, know what's gross, because those two numbers are very different and they mean very different things. And there's overhead even in running an online business. Mm -hmm. So you can get really you know, you know, know how much you're spending on ads and what the return on investment is. And we use one of the greatest things that we've done for our family is we have a financial advisor who is neck deep in our lives. Like sure. He knows all the things. He literally just came out to Wisconsin like two weeks ago and spent a long weekend with our family. He's become like family because he is a big reason that our family is able to do the things that we're doing and work towards the dreams that we have. So make sure that you're really well versed on those things. Okay. And when did you get that, like to that level? Because I guess the thing with us that's hard is that my husband's accountant, I'm an accountant. And so we have the capacity to do 
numbers and taxes and all of these things. And so the question becomes, when is that crossroad to pay for those services when you can do that yourself? Like, is that now? Do you think that that's now for us at this point? It's it's now because a couple of reasons. One, advisors do things differently. So some have an upfront cost, but others don't. So you can find what will fit for your family. Right. But it's really about the big picture and the big plan. I'll make sure that I get you the link to the episode I did with my financial advisor because when he was here, I'm like, you're coming to my closet. We're doing a podcast episode. (laughs) Sit down on the floor. Here you go. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's such a powerful thing to be planning financially for those dreams too. Because as much as you can say like, I can see the vision, I'm up on stage. My kids are, you know, coming out with me on the stage and my husband's right there too. There's a number that it costs you know, to do those things. So you want to make sure that you're mapping out that plan. So I don't think, I think now is a great time, especially because you have the gift of your husband's income as well. Sure. Now is a really good time to be mapping it out. Cause what we did was we started back at least five years ago, maybe more six years ago working with him. And my husband was still working in corporate at the Mm -hmm. time. And what we were able to do was kind of like cast the vision for when he was going to be able to leave. Yes. You know, because we said like, okay, if we get our business to this point, we don't need that anymore. And not saying that that might not be what your husband or you want to do, but that's just an idea. Like you've got to be planning those things financially too. So I think that's a really important thing. And it'll make you feel empowered. It'll make you feel like I'm running a real deal business that's providing for my family. And these goals in the next five years are going to happen because we're mapping it out properly. Okay. So of those six courses, or was it six courses? Did I just make that up? Okay. No, I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Which is the most, what two are the most profitable for you? Okay. And these two are the brunt of that 60%. So one is called Passionately Profitable. And this course helps people identify their God-led calling, create a brand around it, how to beat the money blocks and the mindset blocks to start making money in that new business. The last piece of it is we start to touch on how we can monetize it. So it's, mm-hmm. it was a six-week group coaching. I loved it, but it had played its course for me doing group coaching. So I packaged it up and that course does really well. And then the second course is a new course for me, which is Podcast Pro University. And it's teaching mm-hmm. people how to create, scale, monetize, grow a podcast, like maybe their first six months as a podcaster, as a platform, as a way to scale an organic community. Awesome. Yeah. So the other four, are you spending money on those no. running ads, that kind of thing? Nope. Okay. Nope. They, they hang out. I do casually mention them. If I have like a podcast episode about Instagram, I'm like, Oh, I had an Instagram course. Here it is. Like I'll casually mention it as the call to action. If it resonates with my topic, but no money it's sitting in teachable, which I already pay for, for my other courses. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's potential in any of those four? No. Their value add to someone, but I'm not passionate about them anymore because it was a Facebook marketing course for for network marketers. That's how I started. The Instagram one, I don't want to keep updating it all the time because it changes too much. I know, constantly. Like, I'm just not excited about that. And Mm -hmm. then I have a Facebook ads, which is just a how to run a campaign. It's a a one hour mini course and that's great. And that someone needs that one. Wonderful. And then the other one is a Facebook group course, like how to get a Facebook group that's really engaged. Mm -hmm. But again, I'm not like, oh, I'm so obsessed with this topic. So is there a topic you are, because I know you mentioned wanting to bring more courses into the mix for that residual or passive income. Is there one that's on your heart that you are- Oh, the podcast one, like I, the podcast one and the Passionately Profitable, I am so obsessed with them because- the podcast changed my entire business. Yeah. And I know that people are like, oh, podcasting has played out. I'm like, no, it's not. Like, it's the same as, oh, all of a sudden I'm going to show up on YouTube Live or um, Facebook Live. Oh, all of a sudden I'm going to start a YouTube channel. So I feel like, no, like if you start a podcast and you follow my exact roadmap and I give you not just start a podcast, click here. It's like the psychology behind it of how to lay out the episode, how I made, you know, 98% more revenue in six months because I use this method of selling within the show where it's not salesy, quote unquote, that one, like I'm just lit up about it Mm -hmm. and I'm so excited and people are loving it too. Like I'm getting feedback from the students like, oh my gosh, Stephanie, like this, 
has changed my life. And I would never have been able to get to this point without your course and all of that. So I know that I'm getting that confirmation back as well. Are there any other courses that you've been wanting to create that there's something, a block holding you back from making them? No, I don't think so. I think where I'm struggling is I want to scale that. I want to scale that one and I know it will be so successful, but now I feel like everyone else is coming out with a podcast course. So now I feel weird about pushing it because I feel like, well, now all these other people have these courses too. And like, should I just go back to mentioning, you can work with me, come take a course and make it more casual again? Like, do I just need to keep pounding on that one specific course? You answered your own question. What what did I say? You said two things. (laughs) You started with you, like I saw your whole body language change. Okay. You are passionate about that podcasting course. Yeah. Lights you up. Yeah. And then the second thing you said is that other people are doing this too. Should I ever change what's on your heart and what you know you need to be doing because of what other people are doing. Right. We're never going to create something new. Of course, there are people creating podcasting courses. Yeah. But I saw, like, I would buy yours. Right. <laughs> like, I'm because like... Because I saw your face. Like, I know the value that has to be in it because yeah. you believe in it so much and you know you're making an impact with it. Yeah. So, yeah, pour into the ones that light you up those are the ones you need to scale and you have to take a beat and do some exercises to work through those limiting beliefs that you have on, do I have the courage to put this out into the world in a bigger way? Because I know so-and-so has created one and he has a bigger following than me or Mm so-and-so has made one and they have a bigger list than me. Like you don't need to can the other courses, but I wouldn't even like, I would not put them on my website in the same size and space as the other two main ones. Like I would make those two main ones focal points of your business. And so this leads me into, well, do you have any questions about that? Does that make sense? No. And that makes perfect sense. And I, I've, I got past that for a minute. I was like, okay, I'm not going to talk about it because I just don't know. And, And I went through that whole thing and then I got over that, but then I still felt like well, maybe I should just generalize it again because maybe somebody doesn't need that course. Maybe they would just rather take this one. And so then I started feeling weird about if I'm only pushing one course, am I losing sales because somebody doesn't want that course? Because I feel like my biggest platform to sell is my podcast. And should I talk about that course every single time? Yeah, Yeah. you should. Okay. At least test it for a month. Mm -hmm. Like you put enough content out there that you would get a good data set that if you had a pre-recorded something at the beginning of this podcasting, you know, for those of you interested in podcasting, I have this, but this kind of funnels me right into what is your lead generation strategy? Like, are you building your list and how are you doing it? I am building my list and I have multiple different magnets that they can do. I've got quizzes. So should I start a podcast, which leads them into the email funnel for the podcasting course. They take a a podcasting webinar. It's an evergreen webinar, 10 steps to start a podcast, take them into my webinar. That's where they hear my fire. Like I'm showing up like this on live. And when they get in that webinar, Elizabeth, like 20% of them are buying, but I can't get enough people into that webinar. So I have that. Then I have one that's what passive income product should I create? An ebook, a course, did it. So they take the quiz. It takes them into some different webinars and then it takes them into my list as well. Mm -hmm. And from that, they can take passionately profitable. They can work with me or hire me for coaching or they can come listen to the show. So those are the two main ones. I have some other ones too, like 30 ways to grow a following. That one I push on Pinterest and then that gets people to join the list and they receive the blog post with 30 ways to grow a following. Do you run ads to those quizzes? I do. Good. Yeah, that's I good. I think yeah. I like the quizzes. People like those. Those are good. So here's, and here's a question. So here's where I really struggle with ads. Like I'm willing to spend the money on them. I've been running ads for six years. I'm pretty, very familiar with it. I feel like I know how to do retargeting and all of those things where I struggle is, do I focus on the retargets to sell the podcast course mm-hmm. or do I focus on getting new leads to the quizzes, which ultimately sells the course? Do I like, there's so many different strategies 
and I toy with them all. And then I, I give them a couple months and then I get frustrated and I switch my strategy. Mm-hmm. So like, I just don't know where the money spent, you know, makes the most sense. Right. I have a question for you that a question to your question Okay, <laughs> that might not answer your question, but I think it's a necessary question. Should you be doing that? I know. Outsourcing that. I know. And I've considered outsourcing. I had a gal on my show who's a podcast at Facebook ad expert, but it's like, and this may be just a block for me, but it was like, you have to spend, you know, $1,500 a month. And then we take like $400. And I'm just like, I know how to run an ad. Like, I don't want to pay you $400 to run an ad strategy for me, but maybe that's my issue. (laughs) But is that your zone of genius? Like, no, absolutely not. Right. You, if you're going to get to that big dream someday. Yeah there's going to have to be some growing pains of outsourcing some of the things that you know that you can do and you can do really well that are not in your zone of genius. And I think that might be one of them because just because you can do it and just because you can do it really well. And just because you have the time to do it doesn't mean you should do it. Right. And you're disciplined enough and smart enough to reinvest that time in your zone of genius. You know, you, you get it, you've built something, you've got this thing in motion you're not going to then just go park it on the couch and watch Netflix for those two hours. You might've built an ad. You are going to utilize that to get closer to the dream. Like everything you're doing in your day. And I would challenge you to kind of run an audit on your business. Like take the time for an entire week and track. It's so obnoxious, but I make all my clients do it. Track every little thing that you are doing for your business, for your home, for your children, all of it. And put a timestamp on it and be really disciplined with that just for a week so that you can look back at it and say, what of these things are one in my zone of genius and yeah. two, are they moving me closer to the dream, the big dream? Okay. And if yeah. the answer is no, there has to be that reevaluation process. And it doesn't necessarily mean you can outsource every single thing that's a no, sure. because that's just might not be reality financially right now. But it does mean you can start that process and start to take off your plate some of the bigger ticket items that are taking up a little bit more of your time and taking up your headspace. And by the way that you asked your question originally about the ads, I can tell that's one of those things that's like driving you crazy. Yeah. And there's very few things that I still hold on to like that. And Mm -hmm. for some reason, I guess it's just, I'm, it's that for me, it's just like, it's a, that would be one of the largest expenses for me because I am running such a lean business Yeah, and the profit margin is so good. And I feel like, like that's just such a big one. But if the return isn't there that I want, which it's not, yeah, something's got to give with that. So I feel you on that. I'm open to receiving the guidance and the right Facebook ads manager is just going to appear for me. I know it's true. The only reason I've successfully outsourced that is because I am so terrible at Facebook (laughs) ads. Like I'm not good at it. Otherwise it would be something I'd want to control. I still control, like I'm kind of neurotic about my copy because I was a copywriter and in marketing. So like that's your voice. And so you can find ways to save some money too is like, most ad managers are coming on assuming they're doing the graphics, the copy and the ad. If you say, listen, I got the copy and I got the the graphics, but I need you to do the algorithm crap. That's like driving me cuckoo. And I don't know what my return on investment is and make sure there's someone that are, they keep good track of numbers and they're giving you like weekly, you know, updates on what's going on. And so you can see what that return is and you can make more clear decisions as the leader of your business, not the person stuck in your business. Yes. Okay. I love that. Okay. So I wanted to ask you, we talked very briefly before we started recording about your one-on-one coaching. Yes. Tell me more about that. How many clients are you taking on? Do you like that number? All that. What does it look like? So the majority of people that hire me, hire me for something called a power hour. Mm-hmm. It costs three fifty an hour and they meet with me. And the goal is most often they're coming to me going, I don't understand my zone of genius. I don't understand what to market or how to monetize or if I should have a course. So they're kind of stuck in this initial stages of being an online entrepreneur. Yep. And that's like my gift. That is like, I sit across from them and in like 15 minutes, I can dig out of them you know, all this, I'm like, how about we call it this and this, and here's an idea for a course and you can do this. And so I'm able to basically just turn the mirror on them and show them what their brand should be, how they can monetize it. 
that's where I, I love. I love spending time in that space. They're really excited about it. We end that call. And if they want to hire, they're like, okay, but now, but how? Like, but wait, can you like do it for me? Absolutely not. Like, I don't want to get into your account, build funnels for you. I want nothing to do with it. I'm high level strategy. So you got to go do the thing without me. Like, and I tell them that up front. So they know this, like, I'm not going to implement with you. Now I also have elite clients. I call them, which is six or eight weeks. It's still through 15 hour. My worth is my worth, but they can get a hold of me through email and stuff in between if they have questions. And that's same, more mindset. It's, I give you homework, you go implement, we meet back. Now I give you new homework. This is growing your brand. Maybe we're coming up with launching the course together. Like what categories are we going to create? How should you um, map those out, that content, all of those things. So that's what I'm doing with them. Preferably I have four clients or less every week, just because again, like I want to scale in an automated way. So I'll tell people like, I have a waiting list right now. You can meet with me next week. And two, with the kids, like you just have to find how much can I really take right now versus the school year. I can take more. So right. I'm kind of, I'm happy with that level during the summer, maybe in the school year, six hours a week, which I do think you, I would feel. Do you love that? Like, does that let you, those calls, they light you up and the people that you're serving that lights you up? Most of them. <laughs> yeah. 70% of you're them. Not, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you, that is like the space you want to be in. Those are the people that like, generally speaking. For now, because I learn so much, like mm-hmm. I'm learning more about my ideal client every time I meet with them because things that are not natural for them are so natural for me. I forget that people are struggling with that. Yeah. So I enjoy it because it's discovery. Now, maybe two years from now, I don't know if I'll want to meet with people one-on-one anymore, but right now it's helping me really understand them at like a grassroots level. Is there a rhythm to the calls? Like what is your average client? How many calls per month slash year? Is it continuous? Like how long do they stick with you? That kind of thing. Most of them are one call because it's that help me identify the niche, help me identify the strategy to grow a brand. Most of them are that. I would say 90% of them is a one-time call. Okay. There it is. That's, that's how you're going to scale this thing. Okay. You would make more from and have to put in less work from having fewer clients and having an ongoing process with these people. And it doesn't mean you can't stay high level because I'm high level too. Like I could never tell you exactly how to run a Facebook ad, but I can walk you through kind of the big picture stuff. It sounds like you're very similar. So you would be able to coach them ongoing and see them through the process because the cool thing is if they have that breakthrough, it's just like attending a seminar. Like you attend a seminar, you're on fire. You think you're going to conquer the world. You come back to your reality and the kids are sick and the husband's pissed and this is happening and that's happening. And you have a house to take care of. And you're like, Oh my gosh, like, how am I going to keep this going? They need someone like you to keep them going. So you could come up with different structures. One, you could increase your, your rate Mm -hmm. or make it a yearly rate. So they're paying monthly. So it's like a retainer, you know, they're like, if they pay you a thousand bucks a month, they get two calls with you a month for a year. Right. Right. Okay. So then you're looking at 12,000 bucks from one client Yeah. and it's an ongoing thing. So you're going to see them through a process. And then what you might want to consider is having like a next level option for the people who do work through that process that you have for them. Yeah. And you create that curriculum that you know that that person, your client, like on day one, they're here. They want to be here. What are the rungs of the ladder that you have to create for them and walk them through big picture? That's fine. You can say, I don't do Facebook ads for you. I'm not going to get in your account, but here, talk to so-and-so. And And you can even start to come up with affiliates and come up with, that's an income stream as well. So you say like, anytime someone wants a Facebook ad, you know, they don't want to do it themselves. I send them here. Anyone, anytime someone wants their podcast edited, I have an affiliate with this person and you have referrals and things. So that's another income stream for you. Mm -hmm. But I think you need way more than this one time, one time call. Right. And one thing that I do that I love is I do a full immersion weekend or it doesn't have to be a full weekend. I've seen these and I've been curious about setting that up. It's my favorite thing. I only take on like about a handful just by choice a year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, that's 
for my own schedule and how I want to do it. And they come in, they fly into Wisconsin for like three days. They can pay for an extra day if they need it. We have a lot of fun. We like go out to eat. We have people come in and cater. It's a really great experience. But then what we do is we hit it hard. Like the whiteboards are out. We are like grinding through coming up with a new product suite, their plan, mapping out their strategy and all that stuff that kind of what we're talking about here, but like in a way more in-depth way where we break it down. Like, okay, you got to create a curriculum for them. What's the curriculum? What does it look like? What's on call one? What's on call two? What do you, you know, what are the pain points? So Mm -hmm. I think you have huge potential. I'm actually thrilled to hear that you are only doing that one call because it means you have so much room to grow as far as scaling that. Right. I love that idea. And I really, I've been afraid, I guess, of the, here's another fear that I didn't know I have that now I'm going <laughs> to identify for myself or that you helped me identify. It's getting a client in for like a year. Cause I originally created this coaching menu and it started with six months. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. we'll do this monthly residual. I'll meet with them over the six month period, once a month. And I got so freaked out. Cause I'm like, what if I don't like working with this person and I can't get out of it. So I'm like, how long am I willing to work with someone I don't love? Six weeks. So I created the menu to stop me at six weeks. I don't even offer them a longer option than that. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. And I, you can set up boundaries to kind of account for that. One being interviewing them via Zoom or in person or whatever prior to any signing of anything. You're not signing, right. but any moving forward. Because you want to get to a place where you have the luxury of saying yes, no, mm-hmm. yes, Like, yep, I want to work with you. Nope. Sorry. I don't have room on my schedule for you. And there's no shame in that. There's no, like, that's a a service to both you and to them, because if it's not a right fit for you, it's not going to be the right fit for them, no matter how much value you can pour into them. So you want to start to get to a place where you can be selective because that improves your quality of life. You can increase your rates. You can have longer retention. And it's always cheaper to have a client that you retain versus going out and trying to find a new one. Plus just like the effort that goes into that, you know, it's time. So I think that's a huge, huge opportunity for you. I love that. There's been so many amazing golden nuggets that I've taken away from this, Elizabeth. I cannot thank you enough for just giving me all of these incredible tips. I'm going to come back to you in six months and be like, these are all the things I've implemented and and changed. And this is how they've helped me because I'm a three on the Enneagram. So I will do the things that, you know, you gave me feedback on. That's, Good. Don't worry about that for me. I'm like, got it. No, check, check the boxes. I'm ready to go. So thank you. It's been amazing. Where can everybody come listen to your show, scale up their brand and business and tell us all the things? Awesome. So first of all, Steph, it was my pleasure to come on. I also have to say to your listeners, take a note from Stephanie. She's, as we would say in the East Coast, up in Boston, wicked smart because <laughs> she asked for what she wanted. So we originally planned to do kind of a call on leadership. And right before the call, she's like, what if we did like a coaching session with me on my business? And I love that kind of thing, but she's smart. She just got a free coaching session. I did. That that is smart stuff. (laughs) I love that. And I love that so much because yeah, like you guys get resourceful, right? I didn't anticipate that. But when I was on Elizabeth's show before this, and just hearing all the things she was saying, I'm like, this is the woman I need to learn from because she's, you know, multiple steps ahead of me. I wonder if she's willing to help me scale. And I'm like, I may as well ask because who knows? And maybe she says no. So you never know unless you ask. If your heart is telling you to do something, open your mouth and ask because you never know. (laughs) Like totally. And I had a ball. I had a ball and I loved it. So people can find me on Instagram. I'm at elizhartke.com, at (laughs) elizhartke, so E-L-I-Z-H-A-R-T-K-E. And my website is elizabethhartke.com. And they can find me there. They can connect there for speaking engagements. I do one-on-one, but I do, like I said on the show, I'm selective about it and, you know, certain people at certain criteria, but I do have group coaching and masterminds launching very soon. So you can stay tuned and keep an eye on that. I've run them in the past and we paused them because I just had a baby in February. So I needed a baby number three. I need a little pause from the extracurricular stuff, but yeah, you can feel free to reach out and connect and I, I get back to you and I love chatting with people and Steph, I can't thank you enough for having me on. This was a blast. This was so fun. You've been such a blessing. Thank you. You helped me in many more ways than you probably recognize. So thank you again. And um, we'll talk soon. Awesome.
So I'm not sure if you are blown away, but I am literally blown away. Life changed, heart altered, mind shifted, and that is the importance of coaching. I don't care how much money you make, where you are in your business, the investment in coaching will always transform your mindset. It will always transform what's next. It will open your heart and your soul to maybe something that you've been thinking about or maybe something that you didn't know was there. But somebody else can turn that mirror and allow you to see the answers that have been living in your heart the entire time. And I think that Elizabeth really helped me by conquering a hidden fear that I didn't know was there, something that's been keeping me at the level I'm at, which is the fear of success. I had no idea that I was tying big financial success to the fear of separating myself from my family or me rising forward and leaving them behind. I didn't know that that was there, and she helped me uncover that. And like you heard in the show, she helped me with some ideas on client retainers, different things like that, maybe some different ideas for Facebook ads, outsourcing some certain things. So it was just so transformational. I hope that you loved it as much as I loved being a part of it. And I'm just so blessed and thankful to Elizabeth. So I want to pray over you, Mama, that if you've been struggling in your business, in your heart, in your life, that you find the mentor that's right for you. I pray that whether that be a program, a book, an audio file, an in-person coaching, a mentorship group, whatever it is, I pray that it presents itself to you, that the provision and finances that you need to be part of it will appear. I pray that you have the courage to ask your loved ones and your spouses to support you in the journey to creating your greatest life. I pray that you have confidence in yourself and know that you are worth the life of your dreams. You are worthy of having that big vision goal and that you are worthy of unlimited success, provision, and favor from God because he wants the best for you and he created you on purpose and that goal and that dream and that vision in your heart, it is not there to lie dormant. It is there to break free and to change the world and you get to be the vessel to do it. I'm cheering for you. I'm proud of you. I love you. As always, love and light, Steph. If you like Mama Salt, leave a review. Pretty peace. Hey, Mama, real quick before you go. If you found value in today's podcast and you learned something new, Take a screenshot for me, post it up in your Instagram stories, and be sure to tag me because together we can empower, educate, and shift the way that mamas look at life because sister friend, we actually can have it all. Let's claim it.